There it is. Good morning and welcome to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. You are listening to us on 1450 AM and 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 in Manchester. And you can find us as well streaming on nhtalkradio.com, as well as you can find other archived episodes of your favorite programs here at WKXL. Today, I have invited a very good friend of mine, <laughs> uh, the actress and very demure, <laughs> Katie Collins. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Ray. Katie, before we begin, yes, I am going to regale you with a piece of useless trivia. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Back in the 70s, in Kenmore Square, there used to be a bar called Katie's. <laughs> it was downstairs. You go down the set of stairs and into this uh, very dark uh, bar. That sounds like a Kenmore Square bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing about it was, should one have overstayed themselves, <laughs> going up those same stairs made it rather difficult to extract <laughs> oneself from, set, from said bar. So there you go. You'll be the hit at all the cocktail parties I know that town. now. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> And, right hand to God, one of the main reasons I've brought you in today was because I am, I want you to know, I am deeply jealous and very proud of your work with Kapow. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, no, and that's one of the things I want to talk thank about you. today. I know we have other things yeah, to get into. Yeah, thank you. Can you give me a little bit of oversight? We'll talk later about what you actually do for a living. But, <laughs> um, can you give me a little bit of oversight? How did that come about, your work with Just them? working with Kapow? Yeah. Um, so I met um, Carrie Cahoon, who she and her husband, Matt, are the co-founders of Kapow, back, I want to say in 2010, when my daughter was actually cast as Young Louise in a production of Gypsy at St. Anselm College that Carrie was directing. And Carrie's and Matt's daughter was also in the show. So it was a production for St. Anselm students, but Gypsy has children in it, so they needed some local children to be in the show, and, and my daughter was cast. And um, so I met Carrie then, um, sort of became friends with her through that, through the fact that our kids were in school together. And I had been um, an admirer of their work. I've, I was just barely dipping my toe back into acting around that time. I had taken a lot of time off, over a decade off, when I had my daughter, and then I was a single mom for many years. And then she got involved in theater and our life could sort of support one of us in a show, but not two of us <laughs> in a show. Um, so I had just started sort of dipping my toe back into some work with um, the acting loft because my daughter could um, do their children's productions and I could do their main stage productions and we could sort of be in the same place. But I met Carrie and I got to learn a little bit more about Kapow. I was incredibly impressed by their work. And... Um, a little intimidated by their work. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but it was really exciting to me because it was always so different. It was always so challenging. Um, I loved the way they sort of seemed to have a company of actors. They drew from a lot but still brought in new people. Um, and I just had seen some of their work and had just been incredibly impressed by it. Um, so in 2013... I was asked to be in a production of 
uh, a play called Circle Mirror Transformation with, with Theodore Kapow. Um, my friend Lowell Williams was a guest director for that show, and he asked me to be in it. And it was the first time I got to work with them at all, first time I got to work with Carrie as a fellow actor, which I just loved, um, and sort of a first time I got to see it, their process. And so um, it was wonderful. I mean, I loved that show. It was just this beautiful sort of quiet little show about, um, I think it was seven weeks in an adult acting class in a community center in Vermont and the people who took the class, and I was the woman who ran the class, and we performed it in this, um, it was like a yoga studio in Manchester, this tiny little studio with mirrored walls and an audience of maybe 30 people (laughs) every night. You know, that's what it would hold. And I, I just had never done anything like that where the audience was so close to me, and it was just wonderful. Like, I just loved it. And... um. I can be quite shy sometimes about my acting. I I don't necessarily think I'm that great. So I I did the show and then I sort of went on my way, but I did tip my toe into doing some of their open trainings. And when I could, because mm-hmm. they were Saturday mornings, you know, again, I was raising a kid who had very busy Saturday mornings. Um, but as she got older, more independent, I was able to go a few more times. And it connected me to the things I'd studied in college. It built on the things I'd studied in college. It opened new things for me. I remember going to one open training with a guest instructor from Italy who I still follow on Facebook. She was just amazing. And the whole two hours was just about breath. And it was just wonderful. Like, and, and not only what I learned sort of as an actor, but even if I didn't take some of that away as an actor, what I sort of just learned about that as a person and just those two hours to just kind of spend on breath. You know, who gets – what a luxury. Like, who gets that yeah. chance, you know? Yeah. And it was $5, and you walked in and did it. And there were people of all abilities and, and all levels of experience. So I'd, I'd done that when I could. Um, and then – I was invited to do um, one of their play readings. They they used to do a, a play reading series at the Courier, um, which is dormant right now. I, I I hope they revive it in a in a new location. Um, but they were a series of play readings that connected either to pieces in the Courier or artists in the Courier or things like that. And so I was invited to do. Um, a two-person reading there of a play called Bakersfield Mist, which I just fell in love with. Uh, and then later, my friend Vicki Sandin, who saw the production, fell so in love with the play that she produced it at the Hatbox a couple years later um, with me and, and Peter Josephson, who was the other actor in it. Um, so that was that was great because it was a reading. You know, I didn't have to learn anything I you know we had a couple of rehearsals um so so again for me as a working mom of a busy kid those were easy things for me to do but also made me feel just taken seriously as an actor and um I did another reading a couple years later um and so then I just sort of got to know the people there um I don't think I, I still sometimes don't think of myself as a Kapow actor because there are so many Kapow actors and they're wonderful. And sometimes they're 
working at a level that I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know if I'm there. So so I still pinch myself every time I, I get to be involved with them. They've become incredibly good friends. Um, I love their process. I love the shows they pick. And um, I've never seen a show I didn't like that, yeah. that they've done. I've never been in a show that wasn't just a really crazy, wild experience in, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, so I think I've done four main stage shows with them and a couple of readings um, and a bunch of trainings. But the neat thing now is that they are the company in residence where I work at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. So it's like all my worlds colliding and I just love that. So So I I hold them in high regard, very high regard. As a matter of fact, every time I talk to them or interview them, I'm in way over my head. (laughs) I just find them to be on that level. I just... Sit there enamored. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the show that you recently did. Okay. At the... At Bank of New Hampshire stage? Yep. 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 Um, what was the name of the show? And tell me the process of rehearsing with them for that sure. show. Sure. Um, the name of the show was Breadcrumbs. It was a two-person show about a writer, a fiction writer, um, of sort of adult versions of fairy tales. And she has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and she's reclusive, and she lives alone. And it's about the sort of home health aid that kind of works her way into her life uh, to help her finish her memoir, because she needs help finishing it before she doesn't have those memories anymore. And it went back and forth between flashbacks. So the actress, um, Rachel Chapin, who played uh, Beth, the the home aid, um, the was also played um, my character's mother in flashbacks, and I played the younger version of myself, of Alita, in flashbacks. Um, so, you know, Kapow curates a season. They pick a season, and they curate it usually around some kind of theme. And um, so this was a, a show I know that had sort of been in their, um, you know, roster of possible shows for a while. It was one very near to... Rachel's heart. Rachel is a, a company member of Kapow and is part of that process. So, um, so that's how that show came about. And then um, they asked me to do it last fall. So. Hang on to that. Thought. Okay. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are on WKXL 1450 AM and 103.9 FM in Concord, as well as 101.9 FM in Manchester. And you can find us streaming on nhtalkradio.com. And we will be right back. (laughs) Baby, we are back. Welcome back to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley, and you are listening to us on WKXL, 1450 AM. That's a dial for us old folks. 103.9 FM in Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. You can also find us live streaming along with other episodes of all of your great programs here at WKXL at NHTalkRadio.com. And we would love to thank our sponsor who is making this possible. That is Lakes Region Fence up in Guilford. I know them personally. I've seen their work. It is excellent. Thank you to Matt and the gang up there. In studio with me is my good friend, Katie Collins. (laughs) We're chatting about all things theater today. Katie, 
Can you get into a little bit more about the process that you went through? How did your character, do they, does Kapow help you during the process of developing your character? Oh, yeah. They just amaze me with what they can produce. Yeah. Um, so this show, Breadcrumbs, like the previous show I did last year, Dance Nation, had a guest director. Um, and so the director for Breadcrumbs was an astonishing artist from the Seacoast named Catherine Stewart who I'd never met before. And um, like I said earlier, I can be a little shy about my acting, especially when I'm meeting someone new, especially if it's a new director. You know, I sort of come in thinking, I don't know what I'm doing and are they going to like me? And um, is she, you know, because I was offered the role and I think of what if she walks in and says, who's this bozo you gave this role to? <laughs> what is she doing in this show? You know, and, and I love... I think a two-person show is probably my favorite kind of show to do. I mean, I, I love it. I, um, you and I have both done one-person things before, yeah. and um, that's fun. I, but the reason I'm an actor is to connect with another actor. Like, to me, that's what acting is. So, so those one-person shows I find kind of empty in that way because I'm not connecting with that other person on stage. For me, a two-person show is the best mm. like I, if I could do nothing but two person shows my whole career I would I just love them so much and so um, so I was very blessed that the other actor was a woman I knew and I had worked with um, Rachel Chapin on both Dance Nation and um, Mr. Burns and so I'd known her you know for a few years and I'd seen her work which is just stunning and beautiful and she's beautiful and um, and kind so I went in knowing that I had a friend <laughs> across the stage from me and we we really it um, we talked a lot um, a lot about these women and why they were there at certain moments in their lives and just certain things because of Alita's Alzheimer's, um, there were Beth's versions of things and Alita's versions of things, and which was true, you know. And so we talked a lot about oh. that. Um, there's a whole s section where uh, Beth comes to stay with her, and Alita says, You can only stay two nights. And you get the sense that Beth keeps telling her, No, I just got here. But then Beth says, you keep telling me you just I just got here and I can't leave. And Alita thinks Beth is saying, you know, so so you you, you really don't know. So it was a bunch of that left up to the audience. Yes. To have to, okay. Right. Yeah. And, then, and I don't I don't know that we knew sometimes, oh. you know, there would even be do times doing the show where I would think, oh, Beth's lying to me. And then the next night I would think I'm lying to Beth. So, it's just, you know, it, it, it um, there was a lot of what is real because of Alita's illness and um so that was uh I, I think and i will be honest about this i think rachel had the much harder lift in this show than i did because she had to go from two completely different characters back and forth and very fast sometimes there was a a sequence that just like that she was best she was mom she was best she was mom and and i had to go sort of from older to younger but i don't think it was nearly as hard as what rachel had to do and um, so I just sort of hung on and hoped that I got where I needed to go for her. Um, it was a hard show to learn. Lines has never been my problem ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever. 
that to me is the easiest part of acting. But again, because of Alita's Alzheimer's, she repeated things that there are three or four scenes that started exactly the same way that, you know, there was just a, a circular rhythm to yeah, her language that was really, yeah, yeah <laughs> it was really hard. Um, Rachel and I ran probably four or five scenes every night before the show, just ran the lines because um, they could trip you up, yeah. you know, pretty easily. Um, but, but Catherine Stewart was, I just thought it was just phenomenal in the way she, we didn't really block in a way, and I've done, and please, I've done shows where the director's like, we're going to block organically, and it's like a disaster. You just would, please, please yes. stop doing that and tell me where you want me to stand. But this, there was just something about Catherine's way of doing it that um, then she would sort of invite us in and be like, what's working and what's not, and we could fix things. And um, she just, she... I remember when we moved into the Bank of New Hampshire stage because we rehearse in the Kapow Studios, which are very tiny. And then you move to this big space, and it's a stage that's really, in a lot of ways, meant for music. Mm -hmm. And so volume is so important. And I've worked with directors who were, would be, well, just be louder. Like, just be louder. <laughs> and and Catherine came in the day after our first rehearsal in the space with, like, this roster of exercises and just ran Rachel and I through exercises of breath and moving breath to humming and moving humming to sound and where to think about that sound sitting in our mask and how to get that volume out of us that changed everything. And so to me, that's what I get a lot of from working with Kapow is that extra like, we're not just gonna say be louder, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. gonna help you get there. Yeah, And, um, and there was a just a an incredible gentle support that from Catherine and this total absence of any kind of stress you know that um there was one scene she wanted more urgency from us and she had Rachel and I do the lines while literally race walking each other back and forth across the space just to to feel what it felt like and so then Rachel and I did that every night you know so so those are the things that um, that I love. I love almost more than performing yeah. is that process. Of, Those of are exercises that I used to do like in high school and college that would really, really transform your character because you'd say it one way and they would make you say it another way. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, yeah, I right. get it. That's yeah. how it's right. supposed to be done. Right. When you were at the, uh, how many weeks did you have to, to rehearse? We started, we did a read-through in November, and then we started rehearsing right after the holidays. The show went up at the end of February. Um, I got COVID in the middle of it. Oh. <laughs> so um, that was a lot to work around. But again, you know, Kath Catherine, and, and, and I have to give huge shout-outs to Carrie Cahoon stage managed this and was the most organized, you know, grand master of everything we had to accomplish. And so we did a lot over Zoom the week I was quarantined, um, even one time Zooming Rachel in the studio doing the blocking and me on Zoom, you know, feeding the lines just, just to keep the momentum going. Um, so it was maybe six weeks total. Oh, that's maybe. not bad. I don't know if it was even that many. Um 
But with a two-person show, I mean, you can do a lot in a couple of hours of rehearsal. So yeah, yeah especially with the Kapow. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like seeing your name on the marquee? And I am so, so jealous, so jealous. So weird. You. I, I should say too, with with the past couple of shows I've done with Kapow, you know, we sign a contract that says we're going to show up with our lines learned. So that is a big part of the process. So yeah. all of December, I was really pounding those. And Rachel and I um, Zoomed each other and recorded them, all the scenes with each other. So I had that to play and, and get ready with. Um, I'd love to say I walked in totally off book. I, I'm still, I mean. Well, it's really it tough, tough when you don't. Yeah. When you don't have the other person's yeah. Yeah, rhythm. So, um, And there's still blocking to tie it to and props yeah, to tie it to. Right, and... right. Yes. Um, so seeing me on the marquee was very weird because I work there <laughs> and, and I was a little embarrassed. I didn't expect it. I didn't know that was going to happen. And it, it was a little embarrassing. I took a little bit of ribbing from my friends who work on our production team oh, about man. it. Um, I'd have been busting. Yeah. Was, I mean, I get it. But yeah. Man. I was, I'm not... Um, that stuff makes me very self-conscious. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. The big time. It means you hit the big I, I, I time. I don't know about that. <laughs> what about the theater itself? I've never been in. I, I took a tour, um, but I've never seen anything oh in there. Oh, gosh. Um, so I, I don't know how to explain this theater. Let me think about it for a second. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Hold on to that. Okay. We got the dance music playing. It's time for us to take a break. You are listening to W. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, somewhat tongue-tied Ray Dudley. You can find us at WKXL fourteen fifty AM one hundred three point nine FM in Concord and one hundred one point nine FM in Manchester. Find us streaming on nhtalkradio.com, and we will be right back. dancing shoes on you are listening to nh unscripted i am your host ray dudley welcome back you can find us in wkxl 1450 am 103.9 fm in concord and 101.9 fm in manchester also you can find us streaming on nhtalkradio.com and once again i want to give a shout out to our sponsor lakes region fence in guilford need a fence call matt and his gang they do exemplary work up there katie collins is in this in the uh, studio with me and we are chatting all things katie today <laughs> katie can you finish telling me about what it's like to uh, perform in yeah. the theater at bank of new Hampshire? yeah it's i mean it's it's fabulous because i helped you know open that space um it's really it's an amazing space to perform in as a performer um not just i mean there's there's beautiful dressing rooms and a green room and everything's, you know, you and I, I know, do a lot of shows that we all do in New Hampshire and theaters that are a little old, <laughs> a little creaky and, and every stair makes a noise. And so um, it's lovely to be in a new space like yeah. that, um, both with Dance Nation um, that we did last year. And with the show that Kapow just closed, Tiny Beautiful Things, which I was not in, but was so, so happy to see on Friday, um, they 
if you've seen Kapow shows, you know they they don't often just put a show on a stage and right. have a theater. So, yes. um, so even with breadcrumbs, where we were on the stage, there was sort of a platform that came out, sort of out from the stage a little bit. Um, but both with Dance Nation um, and this previous show, we used the floor of the space as well. The Bank of New Hampshire stage has retractable seating, so you can pull sort of out as many seats as you want. And so leaving a, a good space on the floor for actors to perform on is very easy to do. And so um, with Dance Nation, the, the floor space had a, another stage built on it. That was where all of the dance performances or dance classes took place that these girls did. And then the stage itself was sort of the dressing room and, and other pieces of the dance studio. For this past show, um, it, was, <laughs> it was just, again, the sets that, Kapow comes up with are stunning and the whole floor of the space was the living room of the main character Sugar this advice columnist with sinks and shelving and a couch and a live I mean it was just her home was just created on the floor of the Bank of New Hampshire stage and then there were actually audience seats on the stage itself as well as in the house. Really? So they performed in what Matt Cahoon, um, I didn't know the word for it until Matt told me it's performing in uh, Traverse, so with audiences on sort of both sides of them, and blocked so beautifully that you never ever felt, ob- it, it just never felt obvious that they were playing to both sides of the house. So it was a great way for audiences to be sort of right in the middle of the show. Um so that's what I love about our space is it's so flexible for things like that. Um, so is it? would you consider it intimate? Yeah, it can be very intimate. I mean, it, it can be – we do a lot of music there. So you can have sort of intimate acoustic music with the seats out. Sometimes we do like cafe tables um, for some shows. Or we push all the seats back and there's just a flat floor and it's a standing room mm. crowd for – you know, a lot of bands don't want people to sit down. They want them up and standing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for people like me and maybe people like you who want to sit down, we always have a balcony, and those seats never go away. So you can always go sit somewhere if, like me, you're like, I'm not going to stand for anybody for three hours. <laughs> so What's the capacity there? Um, seated, it's two-something, I think, between 250 and three. And then um, with the seats pulled back, it's almost 400. Yeah, Holy yeah, it's really nice. We, um, our executive director Sal Prizio has really helped us flip how we think about the theater, how we think about both the Capitol Center and the Bank of New Hampshire stage, and not and thinking of ourselves rather than a performing arts organization as a community organization that specializes in the performing arts. So we're really, especially with the Bank of New Hampshire stage, looking at how we can make that really a community resource. Okay. Um, for a lot of organizations. So Katie works for Capital Center for the <laughs> Arts, as you may know, or got the, the hint. And you said that you had wanted to talk about your community outreach. Right. Is this part of this that This is now? part of it, yeah. Okay, so why don't you spin into that sure. and lead us on and take okay. us away from all that's going on there. So um, we recognize that in order to be part of this community. We have to be a good neighbor, not just, it's not enough to just say, here's this show we think you'll like, come see it. We really need to make every member of the community welcome and know that our doors are open for them. This is their place. And so 
we've partnered with a lot of organizations from Concord Pride to um, the Overcomers, which works with new Americans in, in the community, um, to um, Project Story, which is another organization that works with, with new Americans in the community, um, just to make that space and our work community work, not just performing arts work. So, for example, we um, give away use of the stage up to six times a year for organizations that need to... Like full weekends? Um, it's usually a night. Okay. Um, but, for example, Project Story, um, does they did a talent show with their teens, and so we give them the space for that, and they produce it, and they perform in it, and they get to be on a real stage with real lights and... And see that this is a place that they're welcome, um, that belongs to them. Um, we really want to get away. There, there's a lot of barriers to access to the arts in, in our community sometimes. Sometimes it's barriers of language, mm-hmm. barriers of transportation, barriers of cost, cultural barriers. If you're new to this country, you know, how do you go to a show? What what are the norms? You know, how do you dress? How do you behave? You know, and so we're, we're really trying to say this belongs to everybody. This resource belongs to everybody. We're hosting the after party for Concord Pride, <laughs> you know, there. Um, we're hosting a, several nights. Um, our director, our, um, our community outreach uh, coordinator, uh, Jessica Livingston, who also runs the Multicultural Festival, is um, producing a series of sort of what we call cultural concord, which are these nights that incorporate the music and the food and the culture of different um, demographics of our community. We've had a, a Southeast Asian night. We have a Latino night coming up. You really? know, so um, And then the sort of crown jewel of all of this is our culinary artist in residence program. What? We have have two commercial kitchens in our theaters, one in each theater, that post-pandemic were just sitting there. You know, food service and and concessions and everything was sort of in one of the last things to come back. And there are people in our community, new Americans, who come to our country with culinary skills – want to open a restaurant, want to open a food truck, don't have the capital, the connections, the paperwork, all those things to make that happen. So for a year at a time, we are bringing in a culinary artist in residence from those communities who can use our kitchens to prepare and sell their items. This is amazing. Um, the Chamber of Commerce has been a huge help. Jessica Livingston um, and my co- my coworker Steve Martin and my boss Sal Prizio, they they're the ones that made this happen. I get to talk about it. I I claim no part in making this happen. Um, and so our first culinary artist in residence is this wonderful woman named Batulo who has um, a company called Batulo's Kitchen that makes Somali um, pies, meat, chicken, veggie pies, um, and she is open now out of the Bank of New Hampshire stage, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 11 to 6. You can walk in and get these amazing, amazing pies for lunch or dinner. You can eat them there. You can take them home. Walking right off the street. Walking right off the street. Um, She also sells them at our shows. She also does catering. She's seriously the hardest working woman I've ever met in my life. And um, the food is delicious. Uh, she also makes these amazing, I think they're called mandazi, which are like dessert. It's like a Somali version of a fried dough almost, which I, I have to like just not eat. because I noticed well, you didn't not. bring any. I know. What's going on She's here? She's not open on Mondays. I would have. <laughs> um, 
And then at the end of the year, uh, next year, we'll bring in somebody new. And her hope is to open up her own food truck, which I know will have resounding success because people come back and back and back for her stuff. So so that's just another way. Um, and then the, the sort of final piece in that is we're working on um, bringing some of our shows, some concerts to the community center on the Heights in Concord because there's barriers of transportation access. Sometimes for a community that wants to engage in the arts, can't get to our spaces. Wow, that's another whole so, level I yeah. had never thought of. So let's can we back up just sure. a little bit? How did this even come about? Was it just a brainstorming session? Well, our boss, I mean, Sal became the executive director of the CCA in December of 2021. And he came with a lot of this um, vision of what we wanted to do in the community. And it dovetailed really well with work we had already done as a staff and a board with a consultant, an incredible, um, wonderful man named Dale Moano from Manchester. Dale is from the Congo. He has an incredible business consulting and helping organizations with um, issues of equity and, and inclusion and diversity. And so those two things just, it was a perfect storm of timing and intent man, that made these oh, things happen. Man, oh man. All right, hang on to that okay. thought. We will be right back. You are listening to NH Unscripted with your host, Ray Dudley. In studio with me is Katie Collins. You can find us on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, as well as NHTalkRadio.com, where we stream live, and you can find all of our other episodes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. You can find us on WKXL 1450 AM and 103.9 FM in Concord, as well as 101.9 FM in Manchester. And we stream live and all of our other episodes from the great programming here at KXL can be found on NHTalkRadio.com. One more time, I want to give a shout out to Lakes Region Fence for sponsoring and making this program happen. Katie Collins is in the studio with me today, and we are discovering things. My <laughs> goodness. So, Katie, we were talking about how this came about, and, um, I mean, you, these are things that you you literally hit on the head when you said you wanted to not just be a, a company that says, hey, we're doing a show, come see it, which is literally the way every other theater does their thing. And now you have this outreach program. Right. It, does it have a name? Do you... um, not really. Okay. <laughs> no. So it's already started? You, it, it's How long has it been going on now? Well, the, the Culinary Artist in Residence program started in January. This, but, but Tulo is our first artist. And we really started this work in earnest just about a year ago, maybe last fall, when um, Jessica came on board. Um, she has amazing contacts in the New American community um, through her work at the Multicultural Festival. And... Um, we'd never had somebody on staff really dedicated to this work before, which has been great. It's always sort of hit, sat piecemeal on other people's desks on top of their regular jobs. So um, Sal bringing Jessica on to do this work has really helped make it, give it a focus and make, make it happen. Have you had feedback from the community on that? Oh, uh, the community loves Petula's Kitchen, I'll tell yeah. you right now. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. They are. We just, the, the Chamber of Commerce actually just did their Pinnacle Awards, which they do every year for you know, Business Leader of the Year and Small Business of the Year and all those categories. They actually created a category 
for this program and gave us a special award for the Culinary Artist in Residence program. It's amazing. I mean, it, yeah, that's just fascinating. Yeah. So what's next on the docket for it? Where, where do you go from here? With that program or well, with, well, with outreach in general? Um, you know, I mean, Batula's with us all year and then for... I think till next winter and okay. then somebody else will come in. Um, I'm sure Jess and Sal are thinking about who that will be. Um, it's a good thing they didn't ask me because it'd be Cheerios and milk. <laughs> that's right. It's my culinary that's experience. Right. I got to tell you, but Batula cooks most does most of her prep at the kitchen at the Capital Center, where my office is, and then they sell out of the Bank of New Hampshire stage. And when I come in in the morning and they're cooking, man, it is really, mm, yeah, killing <laughs> it's killing me. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, we do a lot of things over the summer um, with. We have a summer children's series. We bring um, Joel Mercier's group from Jean's Playhouse down that does their impact theater group. And we've set aside, thanks to, we have wonderful sponsors for that locally, uh, Concord Pediatric Dentistry. And we set aside a certain number of tickets for every one of those shows. And we get them into the hands of the Overcomers group, of Project Story, of the Boys and Girls Club, um, so that their kids can come for free. You know, so that's a piece of the outreach that happens over the summer. Do you have um, an office dedicated just to that kind of PR? To, to the... Well, we have a marketing, very overworked <laughs> marketing <laughs> department. <laughs> but, um, so how are people finding out? I mean, what's... Yeah, I mean, Jessica does that work to get those tickets into the hands of, of those groups that can use them. Are there certain so. shows, certain, um, I'll say functions, that, that are off limits um, that you do not... Like giveaway tickets to? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, every show, we're different, you know, we're a presenting house, so we don't produce our own work. So every show that comes in is a different contract. So, you know, there's some shows that we can make that happen with, and, and most we can't. So that's so. negotiated yeah. with the uh, yeah. performers yeah. or whatever? Yeah. So how is the Bank of New Hampshire doing? How's that theater? It's, is it thriving? It's really thriving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, knock on wood, on track to have one of our best if not our best ticket selling year ever this year for both venues um it's you know it's doing great i mean there's something there every weekend that was always our vision that people wouldn't say oh is there something at the bank of new hampshire stage this weekend that people would say what's there this weekend let's go mm-hmm. and with tickets priced so you can walk in off the street that night and go to a show if you want to so and the whole idea originally was to get to be able to capture shows that probably couldn't be housed. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there's there's just some amazing music. Um, Sheree Owens, who does our programming, is just does a phenomenal job programming that space. And um, a lot of nights that are interactive nights. And next season, there's going to be some murder mystery dinners in there. There's going to be, you know, we've got karaoke nights that happen there. Now we have piano bar nights. We have a piano now in our bar our upstairs bar at the theater. Really? So we have piano bar night sing-alongs now on Sundays. And and there's, you know, New Hampshire Music Collective series uh, with local musicians in the Canton Room. We have a series called National Newcomers, which is up-and-coming country stars. I mean, there's just, just you, you name the genre, we're putting it on the stage. Before we get too far or the dance music starts again, <laughs> where where can people get that information from? If sure. They Our website, ccanh.com, has everything. It's all color-coded by what's at what space. And you can also, on the website, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We announce new shows literally every week. So, you know, sign up for that newsletter. Follow us on social media, Capital Center for the Arts, Bank of New Hampshire Stage, on Facebook, on Instagram. I think we're on Twitter. Um 
and you won't miss anything. So I'm sure you guys keep track of what does well, what doesn't. What do you find? Are you finding a certain type of genre that does really well there? Yeah. I mean, at the Bank of New Hampshire stage or the big yeah, place? No, um, Bank of New Hampshire. Music does well there. I mean, at the big space, it's comedy. is like, goes really well. No kidding. Yeah. Um, we love comedy. I think our crew loves comedy because it's, you know, a stool and a microphone. It's not a tough load in, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So um, how is the acoustics at the Bank of New Hampshire? They're great. Yeah. yeah, they're great. And for theater lovers who are listening, um, we're bringing Jeremy Jordan, who's a Broadway star, for a really intimate show at Bank of New Hampshire stage in September, I believe he's coming. So no kidding. you want to get tickets for that soon if you haven't. So um, the Bank of New Hampshire, is it is it open year-round? Yep. It is. So even in the winter, there's nothing that shuts it down. No. It doesn't. Well, no. I mean, you know, a blizzard can shut us down. <laughs> but, gotcha. But, gotcha. Yeah. And so the um, let's go back to the CCA just for a second. What's happening over there that people need to be aware sure. of? Sure. So we, we're pretty quiet in the summer because it's it's summer in New England. You know, you, you want people want to be outside. A lot and of dance recitals. A lot of dance <laughs> recitals. But also our summer um, for, I think, now... Over 10 years, 10 or 12 years now, we've had RB Productions in residence oh, yeah. in the summer. And that's just great because, you know, the theater is filled with young people performing and learning. And, and it was my own daughter did three summers of RB when she was a teenager. And it's just an amazing program. So I love it when RB's in the building. Mm-hmm. It's like it. there's a whole new, different energy that happens. Yeah. When What's the most... Um, esoteric thing that you guys have put in the bank of new hampshire that you didn't oh. think might fly or oh whatever. god i don't even know if i could answer that i mean we've done so many different things we had a there was a night last week which was an all emo music dance night what? and it was a huge success what? yeah so emo yeah <laughs> so. i gotta get out of my cave <laughs> that's crazy is there a um a, a certain demographic you find age-wise that tends to lean towards one theater or the other? Um, our audience at the big space definitely skews older. Okay. Um, but not always. You know, we, we did, this is me showing my age. We had a comedian <laughs> who I had never heard of um, named Matt Reif who sold out two shows in March. I think like just sold them out like, like that, you know, and that was a younger crowd. But um, so they'll, they'll come if it's you know somebody they they really want to see, yeah, they'll show up. So what is uh, the parking's fine? You... Parking is fine. You know, I I laugh. Uh, you and I know so many friends who I know go to Boston to see yeah. Broadway tours. Go to New York all the time, all the time. And yet we'll complain about parking in Concord, New Hampshire. <laughs> and I was like, have you ever <laughs> gone to a show at the Opera House and parked outside, you know, in front of the theater? Yeah, have you ever so gone to a show in New York and parked in front of the theater? <laughs> like, God forbid they have to walk two blocks from the store street. Parking garage to the Capitol Center. It, the, the parking's fine. Yeah. You know, you can find parking. New um, York's a so, mess. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. New but York's you know, that's uh, if if Concord solved its parking problem, they would have nothing to talk about. So you know, that's all. That's the topic yeah, in Concord yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay, going full circle. Yes. What's on your docket? In particular, what's coming up for you, theater-wise? Oh, you... nothing. What? <laughs> nothing. No, I don't. I mean, I. This is going to sound weird, and I don't want it to sound weird. Um, I don't audition for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of know who I like to work with mm-hmm. and wait and see what they're going to do and if I need to audition or if I don't need to audition. Um, 
but I'm I'm at the point where I used to when I was younger I would just do like show 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 and I don't want to do that anymore I don't mm. that's just not who I am I want to do things that are really different and meaningful I did a play reading in April in Portsmouth a play written by Catherine Stewart who directed Breadcrumbs that was one of the most amazing scripts I've ever read and I've read a I've done a lot of like read a lot of mm-hmm. you know original plays where I've gone oh I'll never get that time back right so <laughs> so <laughs> this was just astonishing and that sort of I find if I have those experiences that carries me for a while yeah. you know I don't I don't need to do something you know, that's really interesting because two things one the pandemic when it put the brakes on everybody yeah. we all of a sudden realized how much time we had invested yeah. in in being in a play auditioning for the next one looking for another one it just it was exhausting right. but we didn't realize it until we were forced to stop right age wise as i get older and i've done a lot of things not only are those that type of scenarios exhausting but now i find i'm like you I, i'd rather pick and choose something that might be more meaningful right. you know i i don't and I, yeah, like, and I don't want to say that in a way that makes it sound I like, know. oh, I can pick and choose because I, I, again, very self-conscious about myself as an actor. But but if I'm going to do it, it has to kind of mean something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. A hundred percent. Time's too short. Yes. You know, to be doing the fluff yeah. stuff and that yeah. doesn't. Well, what do I hear in the background? <laughs> it's our favorite music. Once again, you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We have had the wonderful friend Katie Collins in the studio with us. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. It's always you can, so fun. Yes. You can find us on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, as well as, if you didn't get your fix on those, Head out to nhtalkradio.com and gorge yourself on all of the wonderful programming. Have a great day.